Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Welcome to Women on the Line, one of Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs programs. The show is produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcasted nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm Tan Hang Fan. Women on the Line acknowledges this program is produced and presented on the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. We acknowledge Elders past, present and becoming, as well as the owners of the land you are hearing us from. On today's Women on the Line, we look at how the Trump legislation Sesta Foster is impacting sex workers and internet censorship. We chat with Daisy, who is the co-founder of All Sex Workers Go to Heaven. Daisy is a queer brown artist, curator, zine maker and stylist living in Los Angeles. They are also an advocate for intersectional sex worker rights. Later in the show, we hear from Sandy, who is a cam model and freelance artist who has studied performance and video art. First, let's hear from Daisy, co-founder of All Sex Workers Go to Heaven. Hi, my name is Daisy Eva. I am from the U.S. I am in the West region. <laughs> I'm in the West Coast. Um, I'm a full-service sex worker, and I specialize in anything and everything that will make me money. <laughs> I'm also, like, a cyber thought, so... I, you know, I'm a cam girl. I sell content. I basically do anything to help me survive. Wonderful. It's amazing to have you on Women on the Line. So I guess I just wanted to start off with what's currently, well, the bill that was passed recently in America, SESTA Foster. Could you tell those who may not have an understanding of what this is, basically what the, what this legislation is about and how it affects sex workers or anyone else? Okay, so Foster and SESTA were created to to end sex trafficking but this bill only triggers it by pushing sex workers into the hands of pimps death and violence well let's begin that sex work is not trafficking and this bill is more punishable to sex workers than it is to traffickers because i feel like they have access to things we don't they have access to like the dark internet and they run the streets you know what i mean so sites have began shutting down as mm. soon as the bill was discussed and it passed because it has become punishable to the websites and third-party servers who make sex trafficking accessible. Mm. But the bill doesn't quite clarify exactly what it states it as facilitating prostitution, but it doesn't really describe what that means. So actually, many sites we all rely on are wasting no time in adjusting their accessibility and making you agree to terms and conditions that they didn't have before, such as Skype, how, you know, you can't... I mean, everybody pretty much uses Skype to, like... You know what I mean? Mm. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But it just limits your access to things more than it has before. It has clarified it. If you log on to another site, um, or if we're logging on to sites we've been using before, Mm. it just again pops up the terms and conditions like you may not solicit sexual blah 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 blah. many sites have shut down and many sites are deleting our content just so they won't get punished 
due to the bill of facilitating prostitution. Um, these bills have shut down sites we rely on for survival, such as Bad Date List, Backpage, and other sites, who have helped many folks stay safe by having the ability to screen clients, book clients, and attract new clients in an easier and safer way. Losing access to sites, including our own that we make to share content or, you know, even cuddling to doms, um, it will impact us directly, but even more so trans sex workers and black sex workers because it's obvious. Like, um, if you're walking the streets and you're a trans sex worker, you're most likely to get, I don't know what's a nice way to put it, um, like a like an easier way to hear but um you can just say it as it is I suppose it's the reality yeah yeah it's I don't know I feel like too many civilians they still need like the little like we need to spoon feed it to them Mm. but of course many sex workers will have much more difficulty surviving with these bills but it will hurt trans sex workers and black sex workers the most because they are at higher risk of being um, assaulted with violence and being raped, being being attacked and being killed during sessions. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, um, just for you to elaborate more on how it affects um, sex workers of colour and trans sex workers of colour. So I think you've yeah really touched on some very important points that I guess people actually can't look away from. Like, that's the actual brutal reality of it. Do you have any other thoughts on that particular point? Just due to the fact that like screening and booking appointments online is a much safer way Mm. a quicker way you get to organize your schedule you get to know who you can book who you can't book it's just a much safer way to survive and with that being taken away from us it's just scary because you can't screen somebody as well as you could before you know um Mm especially when you're in a hurry to make ends meet. I I mean, I've had several instances where I've just ran into like several violent altercations with clients because I haven't screened well and that's on my bad end because I've been trying to, you know, make ends meet and just imagine this. Um, I'm just really scared for many of us. Women on the Line and can you tell me what kind of support, you know, sex workers are doing at the moment, like to, to get support from each other and from, are there any organisations that are um, helping to, I guess, like change what's happening or provide support during this, I guess, unsteady time? Okay, so I would actually recommend anybody, I don't think I quite clarified everything that this bill does and it's, you know, kind of doing to us, but I love this site right now. It's called survivorsagainstcespa.org and it basically goes through, gives you tips and further clarifies what these bills are. Um, Mm. I recommend that anybody, even civilians, which are people, well, sex workers call people who don't do sex work civilians, um, allies, anybody, if they want to get further educated on the subject, I would recommend that website. It's a great website. Um, I actually don't know who it's run by. Mm, okay. Um, but there are many organizations. I know SWAP. Um, they have many other branches like SWAP Behind Bars, which is what we donate money to. Um, all sex workers go to heaven. Um, 
I can't quite think of a list right now, but there are many other sites that are actually at risk of being shut down due to a bill that's going to be, um, I'm on I honestly think it's going to pass and it's going to be tomorrow in California right. and it will just, yeah, that's SB 1204. Mm. So SB 1204, um, how is that uh, tied in with SESTA and FOSTA? So here, I let me read something. I actually don't know quite much on it, and yeah. I don't think we will know until we see that it passes or not, because they will probably be adding more information to it. But this mm. is kind of like the gist of it. Daisy reads to us a section of the California legislation SB 1204 on pandering. It is passing a bill that changes the definition of pandering, making it a felony to provide, to provide any help or outreach for sex workers. That means distributing condoms to street-based workers, know your right pamphlets, any kind of mentoring, basically all, all harm reduction will be a felony. So that means many sites such as SWAP, you know, when you go to your local clinic to get free condoms mm. or needles or just anything that will become punishable by law. And I don't understand Oh my why. gosh. So, yeah, so basically even... So what about those who don't do sex work but then buy condoms and is that what is is that how it will affect people as well? Like it won't just affect sex workers, but is that what you're saying? Yes. So even if, you know, you're just trying to get free condoms at yeah. a local center, you know, that won't be accessible to you anymore due to this bill. Oh gosh. This is really scary actually because yeah. we actually don't we have many resources but we don't have many resources at the same time or many of us that do have the resources don't know about them Mm. yeah and at the end of the day they come to big help when you need them and the fact that this is going to get taken away like even having the access to know about your resources like swap what can swap do for you yeah or just building community it's just scary to think that it's going to be taken away you know we're going to have to start speaking in code yeah yeah and so that leads me to the next question of the zine that you co-founded all sex workers go to heaven when I came across this zine it it kind of shed a light on I guess so like a wider representation of sex workers of color that I hadn't seen before so I'd love to hear about like the inspiration behind starting a project like this and what the response has been from the sex worker community Okay, so I myself am a, I'm indigenous, I'm fat, I'm dark brown, I am not stereotypically beautiful, and not seeing myself portrayed in these communities that speak over me really makes me mad. Um, I've tried integrating myself in many communities. This is what, ha- this is like me before all sex workers. Um, I tried becoming part of the community of sex workers and it just didn't fit in because at the end of the day they were still speaking for me they had a lot of experiences I couldn't relate to because they still hold so much privilege because of the whole hierarchy because that really does exist and I'm just honestly tired you know you watch tv you read books you read you know just even educational information and it just doesn't speak to me because it's not written by people like me. And at the end of the day, I still hold so much privilege in the latter, you know? Mm. And I want 
I want to see myself. I want to speak for myself. I want others to speak for themselves. And also the fact that sex work, like people of color who are sex workers turn sex workers. Um, we are more than sex workers. We are artists. We do a lot of things, really cool things, you know. I try to reach for submissions, right? And it's mostly a lot of white folks that want to submit and a lot of white folks that support. And it's a lot of, like, the, like, sex workers of color that kind of still, like, don't want to be seen. And I understand that, you know, due to, like, privacy and visibility and Mm. so forth. There's still a lot of sex workers of color are still trying to stay are still laying low so they actually approach me in real life and they're like are you daisy and i'm like yeah they're like mm. i really love what you're doing with the zine and they completely just vent out to me this has happened a lot of times like more than i could count and it's really great knowing that in a sense you are building community and it's also kind of wild that all these stories and all these feelings are being held and they're still not talked about, you know? Mm. I love seeing that there is a community and that there's a need for community. So I feel like the response has been great and I feel like I want to provide more because I feel like I shouldn't be a voice. All sex workers, just my experience shouldn't be the only voice. I would like to work with more people, like let's say um, myself, has a different experience than a trans black sex worker would mm. and I would want them to have the mic as well so I'm also like like hey if you want to take over the page you can do so if you want to have a whole page in the zine you can do so because I want you to be heard and that's just kind of my mission and I'm just scared that if like SB 1204 passes that will become punishable by law <laughs> Women on the Line. On Community Radio Around Australia, you're listening to Daisy, who is a queer brown artist and co-founder of All Sex Workers Go to Heaven. So can you tell me, I guess, like about your latest scene? Uh, I know that it just got released, Volume 3, is that right? Yes. Yeah, it's amazing that you're already up to Volume 3 and you're calling out for Volume 4 already. So <laughs> <laughs> I work really fast, really like my head works really fast it's a funny way that I work um it it actually takes a while so I'm calling out for volume four and I will probably it depends how fast I want to work it depends how many submissions I get honestly but volume three was pretty successful we actually had a like a little zine party release opening thing and all of the, well, half of the proceeds went to covering um, production costs for the zine, and the other half were directly donated to Swap Behind Bars, and it was like, it's, it was a good time. <laughs> Artwork is all made from sex workers of color, art from back to front, everything is for and by us. Any sex worker of color from anywhere in the world could submit? Yes. Oh, we actually had one from Australia. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, we had two, actually. Yes, I love them. I don't know if I can shout them out, but I love them. <laughs> Hopefully they're listening. So I think they will. I love them so much. <laughs> I should have asked, like, hey, can I shut you up before? But yeah. Um, and it's great seeing, like, the solidarity around, you know. Definitely. Um, so 
Can you tell me, like, you know, what people can do to support sex workers during this time? Mm. What can people do? What can y'all not do? Um, mm. Let's start by educating yourselves and maybe educating those around you after you educate yourself. So I really suggest that if you're new to this law or you're barely hearing about this and you're a little interested or curious, even you're on the opposite side of the fence, I would um, suggest visiting the survivorsagainstsesta.org. It's really helpful and resourceful. Um, so after becoming educated, just spreading the word and you know, not speaking for us or over us, but sharing the content that we are putting out that you know so if not only all sex workers go to heaven but if another useful page is posting something repost it you know post it on your story you know Mm. you don't know who's gonna see your story you don't know who it's gonna educate donating to gofundmes this is your time to really you know if you have the accessibility if you have the privilege to spare even a dollar or two. There are many sex workers right now who haven't been able to produce the same amount of income. Um, paying for your porn, buying porn, buying people's content, donating to many organizations like Swap, especially. I'm a big Swap fan. Mm. Um, small things like that, you know, even if you're not going to buy porn, if you know a sex worker who's an artist who, who cooks or who does something, do anything to help them ask sex workers if they're okay ask how they're doing do emotional labor for sex workers hug them tell them you love them there's a lot people can do for us right now thank you so much daisy it's been wonderful to have you on women on the line thank you for having me You just heard from Daisy, a queer brown artist and co-founder of All Sex Workers Go to Heaven. Daisy spoke with us about the impact of SESTA-FOSTA legislation on sex workers and internet censorship. You can support them by following their Instagram on All Sex Workers Go to Heaven and check out the links posted up on our podcast page. Up next, we hear from Sandy. Sandy is a cam model and freelance artist and she chats with us about her thoughts on SESTA-FOSTA and how she brings together her digital art with cam modelling. I'm your host, Tanhang Fan, and you're listening to Women on the Line. Now stay tuned to hear from Sandy. Yeah, I'm, I'm Sandy. I'm from uh, the Midwest in the United States, and I have been a cam girl for about like two and a half years, and um, I also model for fine arts classes, but um, I've been a freelancer um, in art and graphic design uh, since graduating from an art school and I studied uh, digital art and video and performance. What do you want like the wider community and not just like sex workers to know about like SESTA Foster and how it's how it's going to impact sex workers or maybe not just even sex workers but I guess like a, a wider community? It's one of those things where I mean it was talked about as a, it's fighting sex trafficking and everybody's on the same page like nobody wants sex trafficking sex trafficking to exist but um like voting against this bill would have been kind of like a career suicide for a lot of these people i'm sure that you know it's like if you 
didn't vote for it, it means you're for sex trafficking. So it's a huge mm. trap that they fell into. Mm. And, um, so it's, it's difficult to say what they, um, like what can be done about the bill itself and when it's framed in such a way that is, you know, like everyone can agree that sex trafficking is bad. But the, the underlying point seems to be more glued to this puritanical idea where America's, you know, supposed to be, you know, protect the children from all of the obscenities and, um, it's, it's unhealthy in the way that they're treating sex work because it comes from this shame of sex and, um, this inability to, um, recognize that like women have sexuality and we can control it ourselves and it still is consensual. And so there's, there's, I think, a lot of work to be done in general of the attitudes of women being viewed as, you know, in control of their own sexuality. So once you, once you have this sort of liberated environment, even in circles where, and again, this is, I think, from a, uh, a podcast that I listen to. So if I, if I mm-hmm. um, reference that later, I can find that for you. But um, it, she was talking about um, even in like a Me Too movement or in like the um, like other like feminist groups, um, sex workers are still ostracized and it's difficult to even kind of shoehorn sex workers' rights into these already existing feminist movements, which is like a huge problem. It's a common idea that a woman can't be liberated if she's doing sex work, like that Mm. she has to be doing it against her will or she has to be, you know, troubled or you know, has some serious issues and it's assumed that there's no way she would want to do such mm-hmm. a thing. I found personally that doing cam modeling has brought myself more self-respect. Like mm-hmm. it's um, given myself more confidence in um, performance and in entrepreneurship. And um, it's given me like a lot better understanding of my own body. And it's like, it's definitely not going to have that effect for everybody. There's definitely, you know, a real complex thing going on when, you know, for everybody, everybody's different. So, but for me, and I think a lot of people, I think the most important thing to understand is that it can be, it can be the most feminist thing that I, I have done. It has to be up to us. That's, that's the bottom line is that it has to be up to me to do what I want with my own body. And so the mm. fact that the government is again throwing controls on what I do is a problem. Thank you. Yeah, I think you summed it up really, really nicely there and, and tied it oh, in with, yeah, <laughs> with feminism and whatnot. I guess I'd like to just end with, you know, your experience with being a cam girl and um, how that has like shaped you as a feminist. I honestly started doing it because I got fired from uh, and it was a, an ice cream shop mm-hmm. and I kind of joked to myself and was like well I guess the next best thing is, is mm-hmm. just um, being a webcam model and I, I can't remember where exactly I heard about the idea because um, like I think it, there was like this one website that advertised like a clothing optional company and I was like hmm and I'd already been working as a nude model for art classes and um i you know i've been studying performance art and so i was kind of thinking about how i can blend the two together and then um when i finally found um a couple of websites that were you know had accepted my id and said okay you're good to go 
Um, I still was like really nervous in terms of like, is this a big scam? And are they like, I'm giving them my bank account and my ID and this is really mm. scary. Um, but you know, doing research and seeing like there's, you know, a bajillion people online all the time doing this and making a living. So, um, the first couple of times I was doing it, I was making more money than I had made at any job ever. And it was like easier than any job ever. And, mm-hmm. um, and there were like the first couple of days were really exciting because it was new and it was a lot and everyone was paying attention. And then the, kind of the trouble comes when you've started getting used to it and you have to kind of do more things to retain attention or gain new clients and, um, you know, get past when it starts to become a little boring. And then you get discouraged sometimes when you are on for like two hours and you make $20. And Mm -hmm. so there's days like that too. But um, I think being an artist is like the biggest part of what made that work for me because it was – you know, I, I I like performing on stage and I like doing, like making videos. And so it's kind of like a push to force creativity to, um, you know, survive basically during those times when I didn't have another source of income. And so it was like the ultimate motivator to be, you know, to use all of like strongest parts of me and mm. to really make something that I'm proud of and like make these games and um you know see you know how i can how clever i can be really and so um you know i talked to other cam girls and they kind of are doing you know they have this idea is like they go on and they jerk off and then they get money and then they do it again and again and again but I guess I I keep coming back to a game because it seems like a video game like you're making yourself into a video game and it's fun how closely it aligns with like what I studied in school, which is, wow, you know, digital yeah. art and, and making video <laughs> and <laughs> making personas and um, even like video game design and interactive multimedia. Like all of these things were like able to be employed <laughs> best in camming. And so it's, mm. it's honestly a huge gap in my resume that I can't put it on there because I have all of this experience doing this, but I can't, I can't really explain that to another employer. Like I actually been doing this like Mm. for, you know, a a lot of work has been put into this, but I can't, I can't really express that. Sandy, it's been really wonderful to have you on Women on the Line. Did you have any last thoughts that you wanted to share on Sesta Foster or your experience with being a cam girl? Um, I think just that I hope that this doesn't deter um, a lot of people from giving it a try if they've been thinking about doing it. I think that there's, I mean, uh, there's things like this always just encourage just to be more resourceful and like find another way. And I hope that um, people who were thinking about it or can um, see it as like something that they would want to do, that they could still find a way to do it and find a way to safely do it. And for the people that definitely are doing um, in-person sex work or um, staying with their community. And I know that it can be really competitive and I know that it can be um, really tough to find other people that are doing this, but I hope that this is going to bring sex workers like together and not like, you know, bring it, strengthen the community rather than um, break it apart. Mm. Um, so that's what I really hope that, the result of this is going to be. 
Women's on the line. <laughs> oh, that was women on the line. Women on the line. <laughs> <laughs> You just heard from Sandy chat with us about her thoughts on Sesta Foster and how she brings together digital art with cam modelling. Women on the Line is one of Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs programs. It's produced and presented by a range of women broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's show. Send us an email at womenonthelion at gmail.com. Our programs can be downloaded from our website, 3cr.org.au forward slash women on the line. And don't forget, you can like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. The theme music for our show is Slideshow at Free University by La Tigra. And we also heard Chupa Chupa by Miss Nina. Thanks for listening to Women on the Line. I've been your host, Tan Hang Pham, and tune in again next time. 